and welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, presented by JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Nice Jewish Fangirls is a podcast where three Orthodox women discuss all of the things, the geeky things, that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Schick, I'm your host, and I'm joined by S.M. Rosenberg. Hello. And Tamar Herman. Hello. My awesome, awesome co-hosts. So, this week... Um, I, I was actually thinking, I didn't pitch this to you guys because I thought it would be silly, but I was like, maybe we should do something like Misha Nechnas Adari, like backwards or, or like you guys do the intro or something. I don't know. But the reason I bring that but up you're is you're so because, good at it. Yeah. Well, I oh, know, we but could have done that. That would have been so cute. We, we could do it again if you want. No, it's fine. You already did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are actually recording this on the second day of Rosh Chodesh Adar, um, insert Jewish year here, because I'm just blanking on that. 5777, seven, five, seven, seven, no? 5777. Seven, seven. It usually matches up after yeah. January 1st. Yeah, you're right. It does. Five. Um, yeah, so we're recording this on the second day of Rosh Chodesh Adar. That's the first day of the month of Adar, or the second day of the first of, like, the celebration of the new month, um, of the, you know, Hebrew month of Adar. Wow, this is complicated to explain. <laughs> um, <laughs> the beginning of the month on both the last day of the previous month and the first day of the new month. Right. So, yeah. But not yeah, every month. Some, yeah, some, some Rosh Chodesh holidays are one day and some are two. And I don't know what the logic is exactly, but, you know. I think there's some kind of math thing. I don't know exactly. We should ask. We should ask Rabbi Scott. It might have to do with the length of the previous month, and like if it's thirty days versus twenty nine days or twenty eight or whatever it is. Yeah. So we are super well informed Jewish fan girls right here. <laughs> it's not about Rosh Chodesh. Like I, don't, I mean, I definitely knew that at one point. I don't know it now. It's probably just the calendar. Yeah. Oh, I didn't prep that information for this episode, so. <laughs> Alas. But anyway, uh, for those of you who don't know, Adar is the best month of the Jewish calendar. I think pretty much everyone agrees because um, Adar is the month that uh, we celebrate Purim. And Purim is the holiday where we basically get to dress up and eat lots of junk food and give each other gifts and like just act silly and also alcohol. Um, The alcohol is literally in an important part of the holiday. So... So, I mean, like, I'm not going to disagree that I like Adar, but I actually like Cheshvan better, because that's you... why we have Hanukkah. And also, ah. this is really morbid. I mean, Kislev. Oh, sorry, shoot, I said Cheshvan? Uh, yeah. Cheshvan, yeah. we have no holidays whatsoever. That's yeah, why it's called Mar Cheshvan. Huh? I mean, I like it because, you know, you get a break from all the constant, you know, eating and drinking and yeah, regular sleep cycles and everything, so... <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know, Cheshvans are the only, only, it's like called the bitter month in the Jewish calendar because we don't have any holidays, like SM said. But no, I like, I like, I like Kislev because we have Hanukkah then, but I don't like Perm because this is going to be really morbid. My grandfather died on Perm a few years ago. We still, we still do everything, but like we weren't able to do a eulogy because it's such a happy day that you're not allowed to do a eulogy. So it was really weird. And like, I still dress up and we still like do everything. And like, it was really a bizarre day. So like. It's fine. Like, my grandfather was, like, a good guy, and he lived a long life, but, like, it was still, like, Perm's a weird day in my family, because it's also, like, do you celebrate the anniversary? Like, do you do the yard site? Can you go do Kaddish? It's depressing, but it's also a day you're not allowed to be sad, so, okay, let's, like, be a little bit, like, have a memorial, and then go drink. 
Oh, sounds like well. you guys need more alcohol than most to get through this day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with that. Uh, it's true. I should I shouldn't have assumed, but um, but yeah. I think most people I think most people would agree with you that it's like the best time of the year. I just remember like in SAR elementary school, I was saying this to my mom the other day because. I was home at my parents' house for Shabbos, and after, um, like, they made Havdalah so, like, and Shabbos, they started singing, like, Misha Nichnas Adar, and I just was like, I remember going to SAR, and every single day of the month, like, Rabbi Kohn got on the loudspeaker and sung that, and it <laughs> drove me crazy, and, like, it just, like, it's a really festive time. I feel like Adar is sort of, like, how non-Jews, like, see Christmas season, yeah, yeah, it is. Long. I think more than more than Hanukkah, it's mm-hmm. it's like because you just get to party. <laughs> like Hanukkah is is awesome. And I love Hanukkah, but it's not kind of it's not just a party. Like, there's no countdown for the whole month, you yeah. know. Hanukkah is just it's just the eight days of Hanukkah, maybe a little prep before, but Adar it's the whole month. Yeah. Um, so that can involve, I mean, like, literally, yeah, I had, I had a similar experience in elementary school in, in, in Beis Yaakov where, like, just every day would be, like, you're dressing up as something or, like, you know, the older students would, like, come, like, just, like, burst out of class and, like, do a, you know, choo-choo train through the school singing and, like, <laughs> yeah, um, the teachers weren't always super happy about that, but, like, yeah, whatever. I think I won my costume contest once. Ooh, I was very, what? yeah. Um, I think I, like, stole an idea from a book and, like, dressed up as, like, Haman on a hanger, like, just a shirt and, like, wore a hanger on top. I don't know why I did that, but it was clever at the time. And then, but my my greatest achievement, though, personally, I think, was that when we got to, um, I think, seventh and eighth grade, we would have... There wasn't, like, an individual costume contest anymore. We would have, like, classroom contests where, like, the whole class would dress the room up as something. And in seventh grade, I had the genius idea of doing the Shushan Holiday Inn. And we totally won. <laughs> and it was all thanks to me. <laughs> and I'm just still very, at, at, at 29 years old, very pleased with myself for coming up with Wait, that idea. So you, like, decorated the whole classroom? The you whole guys, like, classroom. Dressed up- so yeah. That, that, like, okay, so like, we had a like song. Anything. We did like the whole, I mean, stations, and the teachers would come around and judge, and like it was a whole thing. You had like a whole school festival, like out of a manga. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If you, I, like, in SAR, they always had they always had the senior carnival. You know, when they were raising mm. funds for the yearbook, they always had that during Adar. Yeah, we had like, and topsy turvy day. Topsy turvy mm. day. Every year without fail, my mom forgot topsy-turvy day, so, like, on the bus, my siblings and I would just, like, turn our shirts around or something stupid, like, every year without fail. All our clothes inside out, and, yeah, I remember the topsy-turvy day tradition goes way back in SAR history, and I remember me and my brother, either we were both in nursery school or he was very early grade school and I was still in nursery, and we wore each other's clothes um, yeah, he wore my skirt and shirt and I wore his, you know, his, his, his shirt and pants and like, it was, it was so scandalous, you know, we were dressing up as each other and we thought it was hilarious and yeah, I don't, I, I think we did have photographic evidence at one point, but it may be lost at this point. Oh, well, if you do, you should post it online. You should try and find it. Yeah. But we have not completely jettisoned our regularly scheduled, uh, you know, recording no, wait, what did I say? Format. 
format. format. Right. Um, but in honor of Adar, we have not completely uh, jettisoned our regularly scheduled format. We're still going to do our obsessions. So, SM, why don't you kick us off with your obsession? Okay, well, I am still obsessed uh, with ColourPop, uh, but this for a slightly different reason, because... <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I've been I've been doing really fun eyeliner experiments, and also my I have a new phone, and it's capable of making collage apps, collages of all my pictures, and so now I I can like, I can have you know my eyeball over here, and I can have my lips over there, and I can have my whole face in the middle, and my outfit over there. So like I get the whole thing in one picture instead of having to you know post a million selfies and that's very cool but there was also this week a harry potter palette came out that is not made by ColourPop. oh from storybook um, cosmetics it, yeah it took the internet by storm yes and I it love looks those guys. really pretty and really fancy um and, and my little sister who's having her birthday this week posted it on my wall and she was like my birthday is next week buy this for me please i must have it and i was like um, well, uh, it's $52 and plus shipping, plus it's not, it's only available for pre-order. It's not even going to ship until May 20th. And so I told her no. And then secretly I went to ColourPop and I ordered like six or seven different, uh, Harry Potter color themed eyeshadows for her. And when they get here, hopefully I'll be able to make a little box, put little Harry Potter decorations on it and call it a Harry Potter palette. <laughs> and hopefully she won't hate me too much. <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't listen to this podcast. And anyway, by the time this goes Shame. up, hopefully my uh, so I'm just I'm I'm not uh, I'm not endangering my secret uh, surprise plan by saying this here because she's never gonna find out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, DIY. Uh, D. No, DIY, not DIY. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. Uh, DIY. Uh, <laughs> uh geeky like makeup stuff and palettes i i really i really enjoy that like when you can kind of throw something together and it looks just perfect a lot of the time but yeah uh geeks who love makeup check out storybook cosmetics because they have the coolest looking stuff it's just like works of art it's amazing um my obsession personally is uh agents of shield which is a television show uh on uh, ABC. It's a Marvel television show, the first Marvel television show, and I've actually covered the show from its inception, like its very first days, and it recently had, it, it's an interesting kind of um, storytelling experiment, because they kind of, first they did like one overarching story, and then they kind of broke the story up into two parts, and now this season they're doing three, like, not entirely separate, but definitely distinct um, story sections and they just finished their uh, their second one, so there's only about seven episodes left. And, I mean, it just, like, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> you know those episodes of television where, like, you just, you feel hot and cold all over and your heart is pounding like crazy and you just... Those are the best! Oh my gosh. So, the Jed Whedon, who is the showrunner with his wife, Marissa Tantron, who is one of my favorite people ever... Um, directed and wrote it, and it was just, like, I'm a picky person, right? Like, even when I love TV shows, I'll be like, okay, that wasn't good, I didn't like that line, that was, like, whatever. This episode was basically perfect and just incredibly well done and um, 
really, really female focused for reasons I won't give away, but like basically all of the, all of the dudes were out of commission and it was just left to the women to kind of just take care of business. And, um, and then of course it ended on a massive, crazy, scary, horrible, like traumatizing, but also tantalizing cliffhanger. So, um, I haven't spoken about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before on the show and, I, it, it's very, very dear to my heart and is increasingly so after this episode. So yeah, I'm, it yeah. aired, I guess, two weeks, uh, like a week and a half ago, probably two weeks by the time this goes up. But yeah, it's still very, very much on my mind. Yeah, I've heard that it's the show to watch, the superhero show to watch uh, right now, even with all the other the Arrowverse and Flash. And I've heard that it's gotten really, really good. I remember when it first started, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was really not very good the first season was very mediocre until the very end and um then the second season and third season got much better and yeah so it's it's really shaped up and i unfortunately fell really far behind on early in the season and because they only put up five episodes at a time i think on the website i'm just gonna have to wait until it hits netflix and then i can binge the whole thing yeah and it's interesting because it definitely is the type of story like being a fan of the show is not easy like i feel like everybody loves arrow everybody loves the flash everybody loves supergirl but like oh not right now so well not not right now that's true (laughs) but like being a fan of agents of shield is like the type of thing where you tell people you like the show and they're like but that's a bad show and it's like when did you watch it they're like i watched the first two episodes and i'm like well. Yeah, well, they were really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were, but but the interesting thing is, and I think, you know... Fired, like, all the writers after, you no, know, like... No, they didn't. It's, okay, no. that's a myth? Yeah, that's a myth. Okay. Um, The first, I, the early episodes were actually written by, like, mostly the showrunners and um, whatever, but, um, but first of all, I don't think it gets enough credit because it is a show that tries very much to hew to the line of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is not easy to do but also like you can see in the first season um not not to defend a lot of the episodes because a lot of those episodes are not good but um there's there's like a thread that keeps going that like you kind of never know the story that they're telling until they they tell it completely and like even you know there are things in in the very early episodes of this season where it's like oh okay i think xyz is happening and then it's like mm, that's not what's happening you realize several episodes down the line that the story you thought you were seeing is actually a different story. And I just, I'm a sucker for that kind of storytelling. It's, it's always very, um, very challenging. And like, I, I hesitate to make direct statements at the time because it's always like, I feel like they're going to flip something on me. So I personally find it a very exciting show to watch. And I really, I like the actors as well. So that is my current obsession. Um, and Tamar, what about you? My current obsession is Great British Big Off, which is a long-term obsession but because not all the episodes are available in the U.S. and you have to watch a lot of them on YouTube, for some reason they're allowed to be on YouTube because they're British, so until PBS licenses them, they're allowed to be there. It doesn't really make much sense, but so I've seen, like, there's, uh, I think, six seasons. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, there's quite a few seasons, and I've seen one and six and four, and so one of... So Netflix got two new seasons this weekend and I got to binge them and it was wonderful because you're just like seeing all these really happy British people bake things and sometimes they're not so happy and then you feel a little bit badly for them, but then they still end up baking really beautiful things most of the time, which I appreciate and it usually makes me want to bake something. They they even had a Dalek from Doctor Who baked this season, so that was fun. Um, I wasn't expecting that. There was one guy who kept on making really, really bizarre things. He made this octopus that apparently 
like there was an octopus that predicted the World Cup one year. And what? so he is. I'm not joking. Hold on. <laughs> the most British thing ever. Um, hold on. I have to like find it now because it was just so random. Oh, Paul the Octopus. In um, the 2010 World Cup, he accurately predicted. Uh, oh, so he's not British. Sorry. He's uh, he's in Germany in Oberhausen. Uh, he's on Wikipedia for accurate predictions in 2010 World Cup brought it to worldwide attention as an animal oracle. So this okay. guy. Who, yeah, so this one guy. You know, sometimes was... you think that America is the only place where weird stuff happens. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. So so that was, like, the only really geeky thing that was this season where this guy was, like, a big sports fan, and then he decided. So he built that one episode, and then, because they have these showstoppers that they have to build that are really intense cakes sometimes. So I don't remember what the octopus. Oh, that was, uh, I think that was an enriched bread that he had to make, I thing i could be wrong and then he had to build like um a tear decorated cake uh and he built a dalek and that was fun so it, it, it was kind of blue and i wanted it to be silver so i was a little disappointed but but yeah i don't only watch it because they sometimes make fun geeky things out of it uh i do like the show i like how it's set up and it has inspired me to bake so if you come to my house and like i make meringues or lemon squares which are two things i make pretty regularly it's because i saw them make them on a great british bake-off and i was like those are less difficult than i thought they were and i now make them but i also find myself thinking that a lot and i never make half the things i want to like they made milfoy which are essentially like napoleons and i love napoleons so like last night i spent a good hour trying to figure out huh should i do that and I was Googling all these recipes, and then I said, no, just because they have the whole show in an hour does not make it easy to do. So, I, I mean, I really like Great British Bake Off, and it has gotten me thinking about what I'm going to do for her Purim. And I told SM and Michal before that I saw these really cute unicorn hamantashen earlier today, which are just, like, colorful, sparkly hamantashen. Uh, they probably taste like garbage because they're just, like, pure sugar. But pure sugar is the best. It. Last year... Well, I'll talk about my costume later, but it was Disney-related, and I made Rice Krispie Treats shaped like Mickey. So that was really cute. Uh, I don't know. I like making perm things that are kind of geeky-themed and match my costume. So (laughs) unicorns were exciting, because what's more fantastical than a unicorn? Yeah, I can't can't disagree with you. Um, So I guess segueing from there, yeah, we're going to talk about... The intersection of fandom and Purim. So among the other things I guess we should lay out uh, that we do on Purim, lots of people dress up in costumes because there's kind of an idea of like not being who you are and like fooling people. Um, We give out uh, gifts, gift baskets, something called Mishloch Manot, although that's probably pronounced differently depending on where you're from, uh, which are kind of just gifts of food that you give to people and it's a mitzvah and it's awesome. And we have a great big meal, and we read a Megillah, and just, like, have groggers, which make a lot of noise and give most people headaches by the time you get to the fifth or sixth. Haman, does that just happen to me? Or My shulaf kind of stops it, and you just have the one at the beginning and the one at the end, which oh, is kind of cheap. Oh, so jealous. It's kind of cheap, though. And it's yeah. Like... We have, the, we have the, the grown-up minion, where they'll read the Megillah super fast, and whatever but then you know at night when they when everybody is bringing their kids and everybody's all dressed up and it's a whole big thing then uh yeah they encourage everybody to to uh, drown out every hum on 
Um, so I'm a little bit of a Grinch, and just you, it, there's a fast day right before Purim. It's actually not this year because it's uh, it's complicated. But usually you're going right into Purim off of a fast day, and you can't eat until you listen to the Megillah. So listening to like I don't know 150 people make a lot of noise every like two and a half minutes is difficult <laughs> at the end of a long day. <laughs> Yeah, I remember as a kid, you know, like it, the, you know, the most exciting part of the McGillah reading was, you know, being able to make noise, and you know, it was such, you know, get all these funky little groggers that made all these weird noises and like tube things that go wee 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 wee, and I, I, I loved having weird noise makers and just you know making tons of noise, and then as I got older, I don't remember. I remember the first time that I sat down for a McGillah reading, and like was annoyed at all the noise and I just wanted to hear the story, you know? And I was like, is this what being a grown-up feels like? <laughs> what is this? Um, oh, my joy has drained away. <laughs> um, I don't know about joy, but there's one McGill reading on the Upper West Side, which I did not realize this at the time, but the guy does voices. And it's oh! very irritating. And so I love so that. I love that. <laughs> It's okay. No, it's really cute for like the first few conversations, and then you're just like, "Oh my gosh, no!" And his voices aren't very good. Or right. <laughs> um, so my dad yeah. has always leaned. My dad has always leaned the Megillah in uh, in our shul in our family, um, and he has a very you know a very rich and melodic voice. So. I've basically been spoiled for any other McGillah readings. I can always, I'm always in my head comparing it to my dad because I've all heard it so many times in so many years. And like whenever they don't hit a note properly, I'm just like cringing. And it's just, yeah. So I have very strong family associations with it. So for me, it's usually the same uh, guy who reads, at least at night, the same guy who reads Eicha on Tisha B'Av, which is the opposite of Purim in the Jewish calendar because it's like the saddest day of the year. And so it's always a little bit weird for me because, like, you're hearing the same voice just do completely opposite things. And, um, you know, once it's at the end of the fast and the other time you're, like, just getting started. So, yeah. But in terms of fandom and Purim, um, I I do confess I haven't – I'm not that great at dressing up. Every single year I'm like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to really do it this year. And then I just forget and have an Etsy cart full of – cool things that I never end up buying. Um, but how about you guys? Any any successful or maybe theoretical fandom-y perm ideas that you've you've been into? Uh, I don't know if this is fandom-y, but I've been talking about for like a good two months that I was going to dress up as Rainbow Bright, which was like one of the first like <laughs> fandom-y things I really got into as a little kid because like my parents would go out and we'd always rent a Rainbow Bright movie. That was, like, my sister and my thing. I loved the idea of, like, being able to color the world. Anyway, so Katy Perry launched a shoe line recently, and she had this one pair, the Stellas. They're gorgeous. They're these really pretty shoes with stars on them, and one pair is, like, a, I think it's a light gray with all these colorful stars on the side, and I saw those, and I was just like, I need to wear these for a Hanukkah costume. I need them in general. Anyway, so, like, I started planning. I bought, like, I looked at all buying all these, like, really cute blue dresses and a belt on Etsy that, like, matches the rainbow belt that, that she has. And I was figuring out how to, like, do my hair and how to adjust the, get get the sleeves and the legs right because she has colorful legs. 
And then I just like was just like, I'm not spending $120 on a pair of shoes that I love, but I might only get to wear once, which is like silly because I go to a lot of weddings and I could easily dress up a black dress with those. But I still restrain myself. They are on Zappos and I do have the tab open in my uh, browser. So do it, do it, do no. it, do it. You're like the worst person so far. Today, I know. Michal. <laughs> Michal also sent me like this really cool looking skincare product that I want that like, I'm no, I, I sent it to three people afterwards, Michal. <laughs> and I was just like, you guys need to buy this because I'm like on a bending, on a spending, like not spree right now. What's the opposite of a spree? A freeze? Spending fast. Spending More freeze. Fast. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Rainbow Bright is like, the one I wanted to do this year. I never go all out on fandom. It might be because my biggest fandom is K-pop. And if I dressed up as that, nobody would recognize what I'm doing, even if I were like... Also, you might be racist. It's hard to tell. No, I mean, like, there's a way <laughs> to dress up like someone and not be racist. Like, you could eat... This is like, I have a whole article about this, about like, you can dress up as Mulan if you just wear her outfit and you don't yeah. do the makeup. You no like if you, you, I think honestly for Mulan you might be able to do the white face because that's part of like a costume in it and she very clearly wipes it off but like if you're gonna dr- try to draw Asian eyes like that is racist but <laughs> I don't think that like wearing one of her outfits would make you racist Mulan's like the one I go to all the time because people actually know who she is and she's very clearly Chinese I think wearing a Asian outfit Wait. and saying I'm I'm Asian or I'm Japanese or I'm Chinese that's racist dressing up as Mulan is fine yeah and like you could dress up as Princess Tiana if you didn't get yeah. blackface you know right. like you could do blackface all the and not do yeah. the skin you know and every year and I'm sure that nobody who listens to this podcast is of course going to do that but every single year there's somebody who like gets into the news because they did some horrible blackface like what are you dressed up as I'm a black person and it's just like I don't understand like you would be offended if somebody got you know a, a strimal and was like oh I'm a Jew like, People so, get so upset every year when on Halloween that happens. I'm just like, oh, no, really? Like, hmm, just wait until Purim. Well, and I of have course to guess it happens. that when I was a teenager, I did not know about the history of blackface, and I didn't know any of this, and I dressed up um, one time because in the Megillah, it talks about Mehodu Viad Kush, and so I decided to dress up as a Kushi, who is it's known that you know i'm not sure exactly what the what nation it corresponds to it may be ethiopia but some a nation with dark skin and i had gotten i i got this makeup and i basically i did i did blackface without having any idea you know how horribly offensive it was you know and like at this point you know i have found any pictures that i had of me that were posted you know and i've deleted them you know and like i would never do that again um but yeah, I did that, and but now it's like when I run into people, you know, who who are like, yeah, well, if I'm not doing it because of that. Like, I don't, you know, I didn't know about the this offensive thing. Um, I'm, you know, I'm like, but now you do know because I just told you, and all these other people are telling you that it's offensive. You know, and like, I understand that you came from a point of ignorance, but now you can't rely on that ignorance to protect you anymore because you're not ignorant anymore. Um, so now you're just being willfully obtuse um yeah, yeah those fun yeah of course i mean people everybody makes mistakes look i mean 
you know, race is unfortunately a complicated issue, you know, um, as is culture uh, in our society. And everybody makes mistakes. But the idea, of course, is obviously to own up to it and not just be like, oh, you shouldn't just be offended. And, and everybody's so sensitive. And it's like, no, no they're sensitive for a reason. Yeah. Um, but I guess moving on from that un slightly unpleasant PSA <laughs> that I'm sure is unneeded <laughs> for our listeners. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I will say I did dress up as a, uh, like a fancy Jedi last year, um, because I really wanted to dress up as Rey, um, but I couldn't figure out how to make it modest, um, for, for my personal, like, comfort zone. Um, and it's, it's not that difficult. Like, you can kind of maybe figure out how to drape her, like, drapey things in like a skirt so you type get way like a and, colored shell yeah and, and or just even do the wraps like all the way up her arms like her ar wraps go most of the way up her arms anyway um but like i just kind of couldn't be bothered and like that's harder to do i have no sewing skills whatsoever like buying a you know stock ray costume would have been like i would have had to do a lot of work with it um so, of course, Perm came around again, and I had no costume. So, um, I have a skirt that has, like, lightsabers on it from um, her universe, <laughs> which I just adore and, and love. So, I wore that, and I wore just, I, like, did some fancy makeup, and I was just like, I'm a, I'm a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have an actual lightsaber, but I was like, I am so a Jedi. Yes, I will twirl and slice you down with my skirt. Yes, I exactly. Think that works really well. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the pictures were actually pretty cool when I took them. But yeah, you look yeah. good. Yeah, SM, were you going to say something else about? Yeah, I've had uh, I've had some success in recent years with my uh, with fandom costumes. Um, I just wanted to preface with saying that I'm glad that Tamar brought up the issue of expenses uh, in terms of costuming because I feel like that is probably like a major reason why I like throughout high school and like even early college like I I was never really into costuming and I you know kind of hated the idea of having to costume and I would just I would just uh I I used to just print out like a, a sign from you know from the computer room at school and just it would say in like big block letters something like um precocious teenage author or overworked high school student and like I would tape it to my body and that would be my costume and you know, it was just the ultimate lazy cop-out. And I just, it was mostly, I feel like, because I didn't have the money to really invest in any actual costuming. And it just made me very resentful of the whole thing. Yeah, now that I, you know, am a grown-up and I am earning monies and things like that, <laughs> I can spend it on stuff. And, like, even if it's even if it's somewhat minimalistic, like, I, I, uh, I bought Spock ears um, a couple years back. And I cosplayed as Spock. Um, and I later reused that as, uh, um, I, I, I used it again when I went to the Intrepid, um, Star Trek exhibit, and I have pictures of me in the captain's chair in full cosplay as Spock, and I look fabulous, and it's amazing. And I also, last Purim, I think it was last Purim, I dressed up as Black Widow. I, like, spent, like, six months planning this and like buying it piece by piece like I had this I had first bought this like black leather corset and as soon as I bought it I was like I need to wear wear this as Black Widow and so I was just like I was remember looking at wigs and deciding which one because like none of them were really right but I was like I'm gonna get this this is the closest and I bought that and then I bought um 
yeah, and I bought, like, I tried to find black leather leggings, but I couldn't find ones that actually fits. I ended up wearing just regular black pants, but also I needed black leather boots, and I found those. And, yeah, and then I ended up getting, I had found this black leather uh, police belt, and I was feeling, you know, like I had spent enough on this costume already that I felt dumb buying this extra, you know, belt with like leg garters and you know a thigh holster and everything and it would have you know I was like I knew this is, would pull the look together completely but I just felt bad spending the extra $15 on it so a friend of mine bought it for me um and yeah and I was very happy with how that costume came out um it was very impressive my mother was slightly mortified that I left the house like that but I had a blast and Everyone loved it, so yeah. I don't have a costume idea for this year yet. I, was I mean, about I, to ask. <laughs> yeah, I was planning on reusing the Spock ears to be an elf, and I feel like it would work if I like straightened my hair and I had, you know, like, um, I had the ears poking out. But I'm not sure. I could wear one of my corsets, but I don't feel like I have like a green flowy dress or skirt to wear under it. I feel like I could probably piece something together. I feel like at this point it's very last minute and I feel unprepared. I like that you're saying it's last minute and I literally am like, it's not even March yet. I'm still <laughs> totally good. I don't even know when, when is Purim. <laughs> Purim is like two Sundays from, or like two weeks from yeah, yesterday. So, okay. Because the, the thing is like, recording. I need to order a lot of the things that I order, you know, because even though I have some money now to spend on costumes, I don't have that much money. So I tend to order from like really cheap you know, overseas sites that, take like two three weeks to deliver sometimes so everything is last minute when it's you know less than a month in advance yeah i'm sure you could figure something out though i i have personally an idea for a costume that is i don't know i bought like a you know on amazon you can get like really cheap um like 50s style dresses so i got one of those and i might get myself an i love lucy wig because lucille ball is one of my favorite icons and I've never actually dressed up as her but all of the reviews for the wig that I've like found are like this is too small it's terrible it doesn't look like the picture and I'm like well I don't know if I'm gonna spend the money if it's like really that bad I might just be a housewife (laughs) you know (laughs) 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 pretend in that way I don't know I really have no idea what I want to dress up as this year have you guys ever done anything fandomy for shalakmanos my mom is usually in charge of the shalakmanos in my family um and she tries to keep it like cutesy and Megillah related we, we had like lots of marshmallows and graham crackers and whatever and, and some other things and it was like this is Ahasuerus's bed very dorky <laughs> so last year I dressed up as Minnie Mouse and I guess Disney's a fandom I, I mean I think it's a fandom I love Disney um, Disney so is definitely as, a fandom yeah so I dressed up as Minnie Mouse so like I said before I made um, Mickey Mouse shaped uh, Rice Krispie treats and I put them in with I don't remember what I put them in, but it had something to do with Disney, not with mice, because that would have probably been easier to, like, just get, like, string cheese or something and throw it with them. But um, I don't remember what I put them with. I'm really... I really don't remember. The Rice Krispie Treats, like, they were huge. I borrowed a cookie cutter from my sister, because she has thousands and thousands and thousands of cookie cutters, and she had a bit, like... I was like, oh, can you just bring me your Mickey Mouse one? And she brought it to me, and I had to do, like, 16 trays of Rice Krispies just to get, like, one for each person I was giving to. And I wasn't giving to, like, 100 people. I was giving to, like, maybe 10 people. But the cookie cutter was so big that, like, I had a really hard time with it. But they were they were so cute. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, a friend of mine, I think last year or the year before, I forget it, like, she came over and I was, like, in a panic cooking and baking something, I think, so it might have been last year, but but that does happen to me a lot on Purim. Because um, Purim is, like, the time you can also make, like, funky food and, like, people mm. have to eat it. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, she did, like, a whole, she she also dressed up as, like, Black Widow. She bought, like, I think a, a jacket that was um, Black Widow, and then she did, like, an Avengers-themed Chalchmanos, so there were, like, like, I don't remember exactly what she did, but she, like, made, like, a spider with, like, an Oreo and, like, uh, Twizzlers and, like, uh, like, a whole bunch of things oh, in good. her, yeah, in her Shalchmano, so that was really cute. And I think she did Firefly a different year. Um, oh. So, yeah, I'm always very impressed with people who can do that, because, yeah, for my family also, I mean, f- like, Purim is its own fandom in my family, sort of, because, so we, like, take this very, very seriously, and every single year we have a theme, and we have Shalchmanos <laughs> that goes along with that theme, and we have a poem that tells oh you God. the theme and, like, is very elaborate. Oh, and, like, my mom does that. It's been going on for... Thing decades at this point like like craziness um and so it's not like it is it's very stressful (laughs) but so it's not even related to a fandom it just kind of it is its own fandom because by now it's like what are they gonna do for Purim what is it what are we gonna do for Purim oh god last year was really good we have to we have to live up to it so yeah I have some friends who they live in Philadelphia now. They always go like completely all out over the top and do something crazy for, for him. And yeah, and there's always the pressure the next year, you know, you got to top that. And they're like, well, I can't top it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite one that we did was, I mean, we have a couple that I really enjoyed. Um, last year we did baking, actually, tying into uh, other things conversations this week but we did like um like like ingredients and the way it like the perm story comes together as like hashem making like uh, you know using the ingredients and adding each one very carefully and like um i think that one was my idea so i was i was pretty pleased with that um and it's always a secret so i can't tell you what it is i was about to ask what it is yeah no it's always a secret it's always a secret you'll see it on facebook Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any other any other ideas? Any other thoughts? I'm excited it's Purim, or it's going to be Purim. I'm really excited. Do you guys have any fun party plans? No, I don't really like interacting with other people. <laughs> <laughs> no, the funny thing is, Purim. when I was in Stern, it was usually, always like it was like a big deal. Yeah, I mean we have we family. have like family friends. We usually invite family, and like my dad has some kind of you know vaguely Purim themed Jeopardy game that he plays with us. But I don't, I don't know how that's going to work this year because, I don't know, every year, you know, my cousins seem to be getting more and more scattered because more of them get married and move away. So, like, it's not quite the same and it's a little more complicated to orchestrate family gatherings. Yeah, my family used to do a big one every year and then in the past maybe five, six years, it, it kind of was, we're all going to do our own things, which I feel a little bit badly leaving my parents go do my own thing I have a friend who hosts a party every year so I go to his and I try to convince my parents to do our seum like really early like or not our seum our suda really early at like brunch time but they never really go for that yeah I've yeah. heard I've heard of people doing that but yeah for us too it's it's kind of it's later in the day like suda time mid-afternoon also, 
I, I will, I will confess every year on Purim, I like look around and I'm like, okay, I don't know how non-Jews do one day holidays. Like I'm so depressed that we just get this one day. Like, how do you We're deal not, with Christmas? Non-Jews, but like, what about Israel? Like you're just like completely. That too. Yeah. But at least, at least usually you have like the, you know, you have Cholamoid in there, you know, I guess, I guess Shavuos would be one day. Yeah. It's depressing. Like at the end of Purim, it's like Purim's uh-huh. over. That's it. Now we have to do Pesach. Like, okay, you can somewhere I... where they have Shushan for him. Yeah, that's sure. in Israel. Actually, it's it's more like you do celebrate it longer. I yeah. think is yeah. Purim in Israel is insane. By the way, if you haven't been, like, in especially like Jerusalem, oh my God, well, it's nuts. I I lived in Jerusalem and they warned us. They were like, you know, you might want to stay inside, you know, on, for most of Purim because a boy will throw up on you. Vomit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually see anybody vomiting, but um, yeah, there were a lot of drunk people everywhere. Yeah, and I guess of course it should go without saying, but do not drink and drive. Do not drink and drive. Do not do drink, not and, drink and, drive. and drive. Yes. Yeah, in my family Just- we don't really drink very much at all. Like our house is like mostly completely dry for you know most of the year, and we, I don't know if if on Purim. Well, we don't really, I don't know, there are other, there are, you know, various opinions that, you know, and like the most lenient ones are that you don't have to drink at all and they encourage maybe taking a nap instead. And so like, that's, that's <laughs> there's the some really low key interpretations of Judaism. <laughs> yes. So that's the opinion that we tend to rely on. Um, so as not to encourage alcoholism in the family. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And I mean, my family doesn't, doesn't yeah. drink. I mean, as long either, as, like, as long as people, yeah. you know, drink responsibly is fine. Yes. Know um, what you're doing. Our and, family culture. Yeah. And remember that the mitzvah is only fulfilled with wine and not with spirits. So, yeah. <laughs> so That's interesting. It, I, I yeah. didn't know that, but I just drink wine anyway, so I guess yeah. I never really thought of it. Getting plastered beer? on liquor is not going to... God's like, what? I don't care. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so that was, our, that was our conversation on Purim. Um... Please do, if you have a costume idea or a picture or shalach manos, like, send send it to us on Twitter um, or email it to us. We, you know, we'd be happy to share it if, you, if you'd like us to. If you don't want us to share it, then just note, like, please don't share it for your eyes only. Totally get the whole privacy yeah, thing. Yeah, you can email us ones that you don't want us to share. Yeah. The rest of them, you feel free to put on social media everywhere and, you know, tag us, tweet at us. Yeah, but we'd love to see your costumes and your ideas and stuff, and um, maybe we'll share our own <laughs> on our on our social media. My but, Spock costume, I think, is still pinned to the top of my Twitter page. Oh, so maybe, yeah, maybe we'll do a reshare of that on, on uh, Purim itself. Um, oh, shoot, now I have to actually get a costume before sharing them. Listen, I'm not trying to pressure you, I'm just trying to pressure you. I have no <laughs> ideas that are practical. <sighs> Okay. Uh, SM, where can we find you online? Um, well, you can find that Spock uh, Twitter cost, cost, costume pin tweet on Twitter at Floating Spirals, and you can also follow me on Facebook. And Tamar? You can follow me at Tamar Writes on Twitter, and also Instagram, actually, now that I think about it. And my rating can typically be found on Billboard.com. You can find me on Twitter at InkAsRain, also on Instagram if you 
happen to want to. But you can like my author page on Facebook, and you can find my writing at hypable.com. As for nice Jewish fangirls, you can find us on Twitter at Jewish Fangirls. You can find us on Facebook at Nice Jewish Fangirls. You can email us at Nice Jewish Fangirls at gmail.com. You can also listen to our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we've actually gotten some really awesome iTunes reviews recently. I'm like so grateful for everybody who has, you know, just either popped in and just left us a rating or taken the time to write a review. It's really, 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 really appreciated, and you guys are awesome, and we're um, working on a way to reward you more materially for that, possibly. Um, stay tuned for such things. Um, and you can, as always, find us at jewishcoffeehouse.com, which is your home for lots of awesome Jewish and general cultural discussions. So for Nice Jewish Fangirls, this has been episode nine, I guess, right? Episode nine? Yep. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Wow. We're, we're getting so old. Thank you so much for listening. Live long and prosper and Purim Sameach!